God cares deeply about how we treat each other, how we interact with each other. And if we wrong each other somehow, it is not going to go unnoticed. And if we don't help each other by showing each other the love that God talks about, then something is deeply wrong. Hello and welcome to another message from the Latter Rain Ministries, where we're dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. In today's message, we're going to be looking at something that is of great importance to the Lord, and that is how we ought to treat each other. God will not tolerate when people do evil to each other. God will judge those that harm others sooner or later. The Lord's will is for us to not only treat each other fairly, but to actually love each other, to even love those that hate us and wrong us in some way. Today's message is based on the book of Ezekiel, chapter 35. Let's listen to today's message and see what God's Word has to say about this. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord God, Heavenly Father, may you be praised and worshipped forever and ever. For you are worthy to be praised and exalted, O Lord. For there is no one like you. And no one does the things that you do, O God. Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace and for your mercy, for the forgiveness of sins that we have through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, O Lord, Heavenly Father, because you are truly good to us. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, I, I pray humbly that you might please guide us and that you might please help us to understand your word and to receive it as such, as the word of God in our lives. Heavenly Father, help us to understand, help us to apply it, help us, O Lord, that your word may become a part of our lives. Glorify your name in all things. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today's key scripture passage can be found in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 35. This is the word of the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Mount Sire, and prophesy against it, and say to it, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O Mount Sire, I am against you, I will stretch out my hand against you and make you most desolate. I shall lay your cities waste and you shall be desolate. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Because you have had an ancient hatred and have shed the blood of the children of Israel by the power of the sword at the time of their calamity, when their iniquity had come to an end. Therefore, as I live, says the Lord God, I will prepare you for blood and blood shall pursue you, since you have not hated blood. Therefore blood shall pursue you. Thus I will make Mount Seir most desolate, and cut off from it the one who leaves and the one who returns. And I will fill its mountains with the slain, on your hills and in your valleys and in your ravines those who are slain by the sword shall fall. I will make you perpetually desolate, and your cities shall be uninhabited, then you shall know that I am the Lord. Because you have said, These two nations and these two countries shall be mine, and we will possess them. Although the Lord was there, therefore as I live, says the Lord God, I will do according to your anger and according to the envy which you showed in your hatred against them. 
and I will make myself known among them when I judge you. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have heard all of your blasphemies, which you have spoken against the mountains of Israel, saying, They are desolate. They are given to us to consume. Thus with your mouth you have boasted against me and multiplied your words against me. I have heard them. Thus says the Lord God, The whole earth will rejoice when I make you desolate, as you rejoice because of the inheritance of the house of Israel was desolate. So I will do to you. You shall be desolate, O Mount Sire, as well as all of Edom, all of it. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. What we read today had to do with a group of people, these people from Sire, that took advantage and caused even further pain to the people of Israel. To give a little more insight, Israel had sinned greatly for many, many years against the Lord, both as individuals and as a society. They had done great evil before the Lord, which even involved abuse and murder, taking advantage of each other, all kinds of wrong and evil and such paganism that led to the slaughter and sacrificing of babies and small children to pagan gods. Israel's evil had become too much for the Lord to tolerate, and had gone on for too long. As a result, and in order to deal with his people's great sin, God had allowed for their enemies to come upon them and practically destroy the entire country. But after going through God's punishment and having learned as a nation from all of the wrong they had done, these people from Seir, had come upon them to inflict even greater, yet undue pain. These people of Seir had waged war on Israel, on the few that were left for no cause. And of course, this did not sit well with the Lord. He allowed for Israel to be punished, to go through very, some very tough times, but with the goal to cleanse the nation, to help them understand their wrong ways, so they could turn, repent, and leave behind their evil ways and come back to him. And so these people of Seir went completely overboard with no reason to wage war against them just because they had old resentments. And when they were at their weakest, not even having the chance to recover, God therefore then saw it necessary to deal with the evil and malice Seir had inflicted upon Israel. We see throughout the Bible that one of the main things God is interested in is how people treat each other. As a matter of fact, and through the pages of the Bible, God is exceedingly interested in how we interact with each other. Jesus himself revealed as clearly as possible what are the main things God is after, and he set them again as the highest priority. In Mark chapter 12, Jesus said it like this, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. It is very clear that God is supremely interested in how people treat each other. He is first on the list of priorities, if you will, but there is an immediate priority after that, and that is to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so you cannot really do one without the other. If you love God, then you need to love your neighbor. Or else, if you don't love your neighbor, then it is very doubtful that you love God at all. Because if the one that is telling you to love your neighbor is your number one, then it should be obvious that if you love God, then you would do what he tells you to do. And that is to love your neighbor. So what does this loving your neighbor business mean? The first thing we need to answer is, who is your neighbor? 
If we look at the simplest of definitions for the word, it basically means that your neighbor is anyone who is in close proximity to you at any given time. Not just the ones that live next to you. Your neighbors or all of those that surround you, whether it is for a long time or just a few moments. The people that live around your house are your neighbors. The people who work with you are your neighbors. The people in traffic all around you are your neighbors. The folks in the supermarket or in the shopping mall or those in the hospital, anywhere you go, if you have someone around you, those people are your neighbors. And also the term neighbor does not make a distinction of whether you know someone or not. A neighbor is merely defined as such by proximity, by how close a person is to you at any given moment. If we look at what we have for communications today, we can say that the world is our neighbor. Right now, by virtue of the technology we have, because we can be connected to each other through technology, we are each other's neighbors. You're listening to me like if I were right next to you, right? And furthermore, some of you write to us, and as we communicate with each other, we are brought closer together. See how that works? And how am I supposed to show you love according to the Lord through the medium that we're using? By sharing God's truth with you. That's the whole point of this ministry, that whether it be in writing or through audio, whether in English or Spanish, we are to show our love to you by sharing what we're able to, and that is Jesus Christ and his truth through the word of God. That's the greatest love we can share with you all within the means we're given. Now, the Lord explained this concept about being a neighbor one to another through a parable. Luke chapter 10 tells us this. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down to Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Now notice in the story that the Samaritan didn't know the stranger. They didn't know each other at all. He just passed by him at a given moment and took pity on the stranger and took care of him without any kind of personal obligation or human connection, except, of course, doing that which God commands, even as a Samaritan. The Bible teaches us also that we should not think evil in our heart against our neighbor. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 16 to 17 puts it like this. These are the things you shall do. Speak each man the truth to his neighbor. Give judgment in your gates for truth, justice, and peace. 
Let none of you think evil in your heart against your neighbor, and do not love a false oath. For all these are things that I hate, says the Lord. Do you see how important this is to God? To the point that God says that he hates it when we wrong others, when we lie to others, or when we think to do evil to others. What does this think evil in your heart against your neighbor mean exactly? What it means is that you cannot scheme against anyone. Don't devise evil plans against your neighbor of bringing about any kind of evil against anyone. God just does not tolerate this. It's a big problem. Here is where God puts forth the ultimate challenge, where he teaches us that we need to love our enemies. That's hard, right? Well, Matthew chapter 5 says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Now, this is hard, but this is what God expects from each of us. This is His will. Why? Because He wants us to learn to be like Him. We were, or are, depending on what your spiritual standing is before the Lord, His enemies. But yet, even though we were his enemies, God gave his only begotten son for us so we could be saved. That is just how good God is. And so, quite honestly, we should not hurt anyone in any kind of way, no matter what the circumstances are. Romans chapter 12 says this, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. How can we be at peace with everyone? By not doing anything wrong to them. That is how you can avoid having issues with other people. At least you are not the one that's causing the problem. Now let's look in the following passage of what God says about someone having something against you because you have wronged them somehow. In Matthew chapter 5, it says this, You have heard it that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, you shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. Agree with your adversary quickly while you are on the way with him, lest your adversary deliver you to the judge, the judge hand you over to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Assuredly, I say to you, you will by no means get out of there till you have paid the last penny. God cares deeply about how we treat each other, how we interact with each other. And if we wrong each other somehow, it is not going to go unnoticed. And if we don't help each other by showing each other the love that God talks about, then something is deeply wrong. 
Our relationship with God will never be in a good place if we don't know how to love our neighbor as ourselves, as loving each other involves doing what is right to each other. 1 John chapter 4 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Do you see how God looks at things? Love is the test to see if a person has a relationship right with the Lord. It's not just about being nice or attentive or even cordial. There is much more involved. And love is more than just hugs and kisses and saying nice things. And of course, it has nothing to do with supporting people in the sin they commit because sin hurts us, whether we understand it or not. Love involves action. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 to 21, it says this, If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. God is extremely clear on this subject about how to treat our neighbors, and that is the way that we will know if we are doing well spiritually or not, by the way we love and treat each other. And finally, this is where we see that good works, those that help our fellow man, is what God is after, as proof that our love for him is real and our faith is well-founded. In James chapter 2, it says this, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do will. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is also dead. And so, if God's expectation is for us to love our neighbors ourselves and that we even need to love our enemies. Do you think he could have somehow ignored what these people of Sire did with Israel? Do you think God can or will ignore how we treat each other today? It is just not possible. God will never turn a blind eye to the wrong way we treat each other. And at some point, maybe not now, but sooner or later, the evil that people do to each other will be judged both collectively as groups of people, but most certainly individually. God will judge each and every person according to their actions, especially wearing their works, whether they have been good to all of their neighbors or not. Make no mistake, God will bring everything we do into judgment. 
Therefore, it is imperative that we look to please God and to learn how to love each other for all of the right reasons. For it is written, Therefore, we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what He has done, whether good or bad. Throughout the pages of the Bible, and as we can even see in the Ten Commandments, we see that God teaches us that it is important to treat each other fairly, to be good with each other, to care for every person, even those that may be our enemies, people that have wronged us in some way. We need to keep in mind that loving God doesn't involve doing religious things per se. It involves doing what He directly tells us to do. And the main thing He tells us to do is to love our neighbor. And our neighbor can be anyone around us at any given moment. What God is after is for us to treat others as He has treated us through His example of love. He loved us so we in turn can learn to love others, both those people that we love and care for, but also even those people that may have wronged us in some way. For it is written, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And we cannot make exceptions. We need to treat everyone fairly and justly, whether they have done good to us or whether they have done evil to us. At the end of the day, we all just need to do what we need to do, independent of what others may or may not do for us, whether people like us or hate us. And we need to ultimately take into consideration that we need to treat everyone well and mercifully because someday God will require an account from every single person and He will deal with every single person in the same way they treated others around them. We need to live our lives every day like if it were our last, with the mindset that we will be judged for what we do, whether good or evil. And so, the best rule of thumb that we are given is this, and just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your grace. Thank you, O Lord, for the incredible example of love that you give us because you just don't say that you love us but with every action that you do with everything that you've done for us Lord God you show your love Heavenly Father thank you for your great and incredible love towards us thank you for the sacrifice of your son Jesus Christ because without him we would be lost hopeless O oh Lord without any kind of anything to look forward to. Heavenly Father, I give you thanks. Help us, O Lord, to know how to love others around us in the same manner. Heavenly Father, I confess that it is hard, it is difficult, Lord God, especially to know how to love our enemies, Lord God, those people that have wronged us, that have hurt us somehow, and they may have even done it completely unjustly, completely uncalled for. But Heavenly Father, we know that your will is for us to love them. Heavenly Father, help us to remember that we were once your enemies when we were just dead in our sin. And when we were following the, the evil of this world, 
Heavenly Father, help us to understand and remember always the goodness that you have shed upon us. And help us, O Lord, to have that same goodness, that same feeling on others. I pray for every person that is listening. I pray, Heavenly Father, Lord God, that you may be able to give them a forgiving heart, Lord God. And if by any chance there are those that are listening that have yet to come to a personal, intimate relationship with you through Jesus Christ, that they may be able to come and do so. Heavenly Father, touch their hearts and help them understand that they need you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Please join us again next time as we look into God's Word together. And if you have any questions or just need some prayer or someone to talk to, please email us through our website. We would love to help. If you want to listen to other messages, you can go to our website or look for our podcast in the Apple iTunes store under The Latter Rain Ministries to subscribe. The Latter Rain Ministries is a self-supporting Christian ministry dedicated to sharing Jesus Christ and His truth with the world. The Lord is near. May God bless you.